0: This is no ordinary pod. No ordinary pod.
1: We've made it to the NFC.
0: This is no ordinary pod. NFC East. No ordinary pod.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> Excuse me already. This is no ordinary pod on the ordinary pod network. Welcome you to the pod once again with a beautiful rendition of Ordinary Love. With a little twist is Noah Hemer? Noah, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. You know, we're, I got my first day of class today on uh, Tuesday, August 27th. Uh, college football week one is officially here. Uh, we're in the last week of preseason for the NFL. Um, only downside is the abundance of freshmen and traffic on FSU's campus. Um, the transition from summer to fall is rough, but I'm here for it. So, doing well? How you doing?
1: I'm doing great, man. Thanks for asking. Um, <clears throat> voice is a little raspy. I don't know if that means I need to drink a little more water or what, but we'll, we'll fight through it, or I'll, or I'll be sounding like John Mayer on the other on th- to the listeners' ears throughout this podcast. But I'm doing good. No complaints. Just another hot day in Tampa, Florida. Maybe I'll get out on the golf course for the. Fifth time in the past week, but no complaints over here, and we're talking football, and the football season is officially here. I I consider this week officially football season because you have college, and then next week is pro. We are nine days away from the NFL season kicking off between the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears, but we're not here to preview the NFC North. We are here to preview the NFC East, and. It's probably the most talked-about division in all the sports, in all the NFL, because of <clears throat> the Dallas Cowboys. And that's where we're going to start this. And the Cowboys won the division last year at 10-6. and six. They came on strong at the end. I think they had an 8-game winning streak. And this year, they're one of the most talented teams in all of football. Offense, defense, everything. But that's without Zeke. So the big question looming over this team in in the start of the season is, will Zeke be ready? Will Zeke sign the long-term contract he wants? He said he wants to be a uh, a cowboy for life. Jerry Jones has said, with smirks on his face to the media, that he always gets a deal done. So my question to you is, Noah, how important is Zeke to this offense?
0: I think if they want to give the Eagles a run for their money, they need him to play in at least 13 games. And that's just on the basis that he's a physical running back going to be coming downhill at you. He just sets the tone for the entire offense, especially behind that awesome offensive line. But without Zeke, I just, in my opinion, Dak just moves down a tier in terms of what he can do because defenses are less worried about the run and can focus more on Dak. When Zeke is the center of attention, it allows Dak to kind of play a little bit more freely. Um, And Dak's talented, you know, uh, he, he can move with his legs. He's great at running the ball. Great. You got those Dak dives. But in order for them to just set the tone, allow the game to keep rolling in the way, and for them to be in charge of the tempo, be in charge of the way the game is working, Zeke is the guy that they need. Carrying the rock for him.
1: Have you seen Tony Pollard this some uh, this preseason?
0: No, I watched him at Memphis. He, him and Daryl Henderson played together at Memphis, mm-hmm. and I'm aii I'm a big Tony Pollard guy. I I love Memphis backs. I love that offense. Um, Anthony Miller came from that offense as well. The Chicago Bears receiver, and I think he's one. As I think he
1: as did Paxton Lynch. <laughs>
0: You just um, throw it out there. <laughs> he's one of the more talented receivers I think on that Bears mm. roster. But and I think Tony Pollard's gonna do a solid job, but you can't just in my opinion, you just can't replace Zeke. Zeke is up there I would say Zeke, Sequan, Le'Veon. McCaffrey. McCaffrey are all up in that tier one. Did you mention I Kamara? I would, in terms of importance to team, I don't know if I'd necessarily, I mean, maybe this year without Bark Ingram, he could climb into that top tier, but I would still put Kamara at the top of tier two in terms of importance to team because Drew Brees is much, much more important than, to the success there than Kamara is. But that could change this year with Kamara taking the lead role.
1: Tony Pollard's numbers this preseason played 38 snaps, <clears throat> 15 for his rushing line stats were 15 carries, 84 yards, and one touchdown, and then he had three catches for 19 yards. but PFF's number 14 running back this preseason. I don't know. <clears throat> I think if any, of any year, this year, they're more prepared to be without Zeke for a couple games. You mentioned 13 games for Zeke. I could even see him playing 11, 12 games. If I don't see the holdout going that far, but I really think this passing offense is going to take a giant step forward. I think with Kellen Moore calling plays now, and I think he's going to utilize a lot former
0: of, Boise State great. Yes, former Boise State great,
1: coach's son, right? Yes, sir. That I think, I think we're going to see Dak. I've always, have always personally ranked Dak higher than most. Do I think he's worth forty million? I think he's worth what the market says he's worth, but the guy just he just makes winning plays. He no, he doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't have the greatest deep ball, but we haven't really seen him with the great deep threat. And now we have Michael Gallup. We have Amari Cooper, who doesn't. I don't know how healthy uh, Cooper's going to be look coming into the season, but Gallup. I loved Gallup last year. And he is destroying people in practice. Him and Pollard have been the two best players for in camp for them. And Gallup has a great rapport with Dak Prescott growing, especially with Cooper being out from all of the preseason and training camp. There's a new chemistry development between Gallup and Prescott I think is going to pay dividends in the season. And you get Jason Witten back. And I know Jason Witten's not going to blow the top off a of defense, But you essentially traded your middle-of-the-field person in Cole Beasley for Jason Wynn, one of the most reliable tight ends in the NFL history. And you also had Randall Cobb. And your O-line's back. And And they have a very soft passing game schedule. So you're lower on Dak than me.
0: So what are your expectations for Dak heading into this season? I think my expectations for Dak is exactly... I mean, if he comes out, especially if they have Zeke and he leads, starts leading these teams to s- some dubs. Especially if they, because you know they draw the tougher schedule after winning their former NFC East reigning champs. Correct.
1: Yes, they beat the Eagles by a game.
0: So I mean, I think the Eagles are going to be the favorite going into this season to win the win the division. But I'd say it's hard for me to. This defense is going to be solid. This Cowboys team is going to be really good. Honestly, if there's a sleeper team in the NFC, I would say it's Dallas. I think they're built for a playoff run, especially if Zeke comes back. Um, But my expectations for Dak, I, I guess I don't really have major expectations. Just do your job. Don't turn the ball over. Wins in football games. And you do that, you deserve to get paid. But I want to see some playoff victories. I guess that's what I, I, I want to see. I don't want to see them get bounced out, beat one and done. I want to see them push and let's see, the, let's see the Cowboys make the NFC Championship.
1: They did beat the – last year they did beat the Seahawks in a very questionable game because the Seahawks refused to throw the ball.
0: Um, can I ask you a question? Did they beat the Seahawks or did the Seahawks decide to just lose the game?
1: They technically won. Seahawks. It's it's a old question: Did the Seahawks lose it, or did the Cowboys win it more? And I think it's a good, fair, to sh- good, sh- good equal, good balance of both sides. And then they got they got um, not handled by the Rams, but they got comfortably beat by the Rams the following week. But the Rams were a great. Went to the Super Bowl. Um, but everyone loves to talk about the Dallas offense, rightfully so, because it's exactly how I would build a team: offensive line. You build from the front. Then you draft your quarterback. I mean, honestly, I wasn't even the biggest – I couldn't stand the Cowboys. And I think that had to do with watching first take growing uh, – watching a lot of first take with Skip Beas on the show. I, I'm not – I i don't hate them, man. I Like, this group of people – like, the group of players they have are actually very likable. And Jerry Jones is being a complete Jerry Jones. You know, he's kind of letting Steve and his son run, do a little more stuff. He has his occasional appearance in the media, but – it's not as frequent because this team's actually good, so he doesn't have a lot, There's not a lot of negatives to say, but the I think the strength of this team is pro, is their defense, man. This defense is loaded everywhere, top, from front to back. Their linebackers—they're probably the best linebackers core in the NFL. So, what is this defense going to be a top five defense? And if this is a say a top eight offense? With a top-five defense, do you think any t- group, any team in the NFL can say they have that combination?
0: I think—I do think that they have a chance to be a top-five, top-eight unit on both sides of the ball. And then at that point, it just comes down to special teams. But I think if they're—I'm I, I, not trying to transition to them too quickly, but I think if there's one team that does match up in that regard, I would say it's the Eagles—
1: Who we will get to very shortly.
0: Who we will get to very shortly. Um, But this defense is loaded everywhere. They drafted Leighton Van Der Esch out of Boise State, so they got a Boise State alum on both sides of the ball, manning both sides (laughs) of the ball, whether it's calling plays or whether it's running the defense. Um, They just signed Jalen Smith former Notre Dame linebacker who was drafted in the second round in 2016 he had a terrible knee injury in the bowl game he's one of the he's one of the reasons one of the pivotal like uh, keystone players that is a prime example of why some high talents don't play in those meaningless bowl games because he destroyed his knee wasn't good for about 18 months two years Finally, and they were unsure if he was going to be able to bounce back entirely, but was able to bounce back and now got a contract extension to make him a what top five linebacker in the NFL,
1: top mm-hmm. five paid something along. Jalen Smith. Yes, sir. Top five's pushing it, but I no, but no, I'm saying he got paid as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He got yeah, yeah. It's funny he got paid before Zeke and Dak.
0: Well, I think they I think they had to because you can replace mm-hmm. the running back position more feasibly, mm-hmm. but to keep that core of linebackers, especially when you have a retiring Sean Lee. Um, but him do, do, him and Vander Esch are a phenomenal combo. But then they have on the D-line, they have Taco Charlton, uh, pass rusher out of Michigan, who was drafted 2017. They have Malik Collins, uh, former Husker, uh, manning the middle. He was one of the few bright spots on those terrible Husker teams. Um, and then they traded for Robert Quinn, from Miami, so they mm-hmm. have another pass rusher on the other side, who's ready to get after it. Um, their defensive back, their backfield, um, led by, in my opinion, is a Woozy, uh, Chadoba Woozy, uh, out of Colorado. He's been there. This is going to be his third year in the NFL. I, the most difficult over the past, I don't know, back end of Tony Romo's career, beginning of Dak's career, the biggest thorn. And Achilles' heel for the Cowboys was their secondary. They could stop the run. They could run the ball. They could throw the ball. But they couldn't stop anyone from throwing on them. Um, Now they finally can put the clamps on people. And they're playing faster. Rod Marinelli Marinelli is in charge of that defense, which is always going to be a pretty solid defense.
1: The Tampa 2, baby.
0: I'm really, really excited to see what this Cowboys team can do
1: you also forgot their two you forgot to mention their best defensive player and their two linemen because they're on the they're back on the depth chart because they're injured right now. The first one's Tyrone Crawford, monster from the inside, and the second one's another Boise State alum, mm. DeMarcus Lawrence.
0: Probably That just show, that just goes to show how much depth they have.
1: Yeah, across the defensive line, I I mean, they're going to have to pay these guys in the secondary eventually, but they're but they draft secondary so well, and it's and it's a testament to how Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones have done. I don't know who's making doing all this in the, uh, who's making these drafts, but they have knocked every single draft out of the park the past couple of years, and that's how you get to good contention because then you can sign your then it's all about just retaining your people and, and getting out ahead of the market. That's what the Eagles do a great job of. We keep going back to the Eagles because we consider them the staple of team building along with the Patriots. Um, but yeah, I mean, this team's talented top to bottom. Fantasy purposes, I'm telling everyone I can to draft Dak, especially in four um, points per touchdown pass league. Dak is going to probably get 35 touchdowns through the air, probably six rushing touchdowns. He's this this offense is going to be great. And, it, and there's going to be game scripts for him to run the ball more because his defense is going to be so good and their schedule is so light. So, I'm concerned about Cooper's foot because sprained foots always bother me, and Cooper's injury history bothers me. Is makes me a little worried. I'm buying Michael Gallup in every single draft I can. And you could probably comfortably draft Zeke in the first top half of the first round. I wouldn't change anything. Just make sure you overdraft for Tony Pollard. Make sure you get Pollard in the seventh round, eighth round. It's worth that pick to get him on your team. Like, I drafted Damian Williams. I had Damian Williams, and I drafted Darwin Thompson in the seventh or eighth round because I'm like, if anything happens to Damian, then I have Darwin Thompson immediately. Like, that's the way I would go about the Zeke and Tony Pollard um, mix. And the Cowboys defense is probably a top-five defense. Honestly, they're probably a tough eye defense to draft. I'm not really someone who says, hey, draft DST and stuff like that. I don't even like having D S T in my league. But they're a defense and they're pretty good to have. So let's look at the schedule real quick. I mean, oh, I didn't pull up the over unders yet either. Let me look at that. NFL. Wow,
0: slacking. i I can go over the schedule real quick as you pull that up. All right. Um They play they open the season at home against the Giants. They go on the road to play the cow Cal- or to play the Redskins. Host the Dolphins on the road at the Saints. So their first tough game is on the road at the Saints week 4. Host the Packers on the road at the Jets. Host the Eagles by week go to New York to play the Giants. Host the host Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> then go on the road to Detroit to play the Lions. Then we get Cowboys Patriots. They you know, go on the road to Foxborough.
1: I love I love don't mean to mean interject, but I love the how they already have the time slots for for the games like we get we get um we get Sunday night with Kirk in Dallas and then you know that Cowboys Patriots games at 4:25 with Tony Romo on the call which is awesome. But continue, sorry.
0: After they Go to Foxborough to play Bill Belichick. They uh, go back home to play Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Then on, they thanks, go on, on,
1: thanks, on Thanksgiving.
0: Ooh. And then they go on the road in December to play the Bears. I would say... Immediately, that's probably going to be one of their tougher games as a Dome team going up to Chicago to play in a December game. And that's an 8.20 p.m. That's a Sunday night football game. Or it's at least an 8.20 p.m. kick.
1: It's a Thursday night game.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a Thursday night game. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's an 8.20 p.m. kick. That's going to be a cold, cold game for those Cowboys to be playing in. Um, Then they get to go back home uh, 10 days later, uh, host the Rams on the road at the Eagles and then to finish off the season they host the Redskins. The, this looks like this Cowboys team could easily go 13 and 3, 14 and 2.
1: 13 and 3, oh man, I love the confidence. That is what that is. Whew.
0: Well, let, well, let's look at it. They're going to win the first four games or going to win the first they're going to start 3-0 more than likely. If they don't start 3-0, this team ain't making the playoffs. Um then they play on the Saints, so that's one game. They play the Packers, that's two. They're going to beat the Jets. Um, Let's say they split against the Eagles, so I'll give them three. Um, They're going to beat the Vikings. Um, Let's say the Patriots will be four, Bears five, Rams six. So at that point, they have six 50-50 games, in my opinion. That's true. With that offensive line, that that defensive line, Kellen Moore calling plays, that linebacking core, that secondary, the Patriots don't Patriots don't have a better roster than this team. Bears don't have a better roster than this team. The only team that has a better roster are the Eagles, mm-hmm. or equal to better.
1: I don't even consider this. I think the – I'm down on the Saints this year. I don't know why.
0: I'm also down on – hey, like I said, I was heavy on the Saints train because last year was their year, and they missed it.
1: You know what? You know what my favorite that window they pl- closed. They play four of the five best teams in the entire NFL at the end in weeks. The Saints do? No, no, the the Cowboys in weeks. I'm trying to do the math in my head. Seventeen, sixteen. From weeks twelve through sixteen, Patriots, Bears, Rams, Eagles, and three of them are on the road. That's that's impressive. You know what my favorite part about the schedule is? The NFL is so much on the Josh Allen train that they said, hey, we're going to put you on the most watched football game of the year at Dallas Thanksgiving Day. So thank you, NFL, for giving me all the Josh Allen spice and Josh Allen content I could possibly what I
0: say that that is a sleeper. That would be another um, potential sleeper game, upset game because yes. ca- the Cowboys should be favored going into that game. But the Bills match up phenomenally against mm-hmm. the Cowboys. If there's one team that matches up well with the Cowboys, it is the Bills.
1: Yeah, yeah, great defensive front, ground control offense, all everything. Um, they're over/under's 9 wins. Seems like you're going heavy over. Heavy over. Heavy over. I I would agree. And I think that anything else to add with this team?
0: Uh no, I'm ready to kind of look at their divisional rivals, the Eagles and see who I'm going to decide who's going to take this See why we can make the case why the Eagles are going to be better than the Cowboys.
1: Well, let's get right to it. The We went 20 minutes on the Cowboys, and I'm really not that upset. Uh, no, no.
0: That was a good 20.
1: We go from one of the best rosters in the NFL to the best roster in the entire NFL. Howie Roseman has done a wonderful job building this team everywhere. Everywhere. If you want the ground, offensively especially, if you want – a blueprint for how to build around your We talked yesterday about Andrew Luck. You want a blueprint for how to build your a team around your young quarterback. This is it. You start with the offensive line. Top two right tackle in the NFL, Lane Johnson. Phenomenal guard, Brandon Books. The best center in the NFL, Jason Kelsey. One of the best left tackles of all time, Jason Peters. Isaac Smilla. We'll see. We'll see how we'll see how he could do it at the left guard position. And then you draft. You, you're so you're, you're so far. Um, Projecting towards that, you get draft Andre Diller with your first round pick, the best pass blocking tackle in this in the 2019 draft class, at, to already replace Jason Peters. And Jason Peters had some health issues lately, which is why Halapuluvati Vata, I think I pronounced that almost right. Well,
0: Halapuluvati
1: I had it pretty well. Um, without with never practicing that, he. Doesn't come. It came in the past couple of seasons and had to hold down the fort in the left side or right side wherever he was needed. And he's been kind of the weak link, but he held his own, especially in the Super Bowl. Now they take care of that, and then like, hmm, we need pass catchers. What do we get? Let's go trade it. Let's get Alshon Jeffrey. Let's get Let's get Deshaun Jackson. Let's let's make. Sure, let's keep Nelson Aguilar. Let's re-sign Zach, or it's the best route running tight end in the NFL. Let's draft another tight end in Dallas. Go there because there's so many massive advantages with that. That's all around Carson Wentz. Oh, running backs. We'll get you a power running back in Jordan Howard. We'll get you a kind of do-it-all, plug-and-play guy in Wendell Smallwood. We'll get you arguably one of the best pass-catching running backs of all time, Darren Sproles, on his last leg. We still have Corey Clement. Oh, yeah, and we draft one of the best running backs in this past class in Miles Sanders. This offense is in such a great position to succeed if Carson Wentz can stay healthy. Do you – how high are you – on Carson Wentz, and then how high are you on this offense as a whole?
0: I'm high on a healthy Carson Wentz. Um, he's proved all of the haters wrong when it came to what they thought he could or could not do coming out of North Dakota State. He has been a great pair for Doug Peterson in that offense he's had a great offensive line to work behind again if he can stay healthy that's really all that comes down to it um what was your other question
1: what how high are you on this offense
0: very because of the offensive line depth that they have and the running back depth that they have and the receiver I guess just the depth that they have now that I'm just saying all of it um, they drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside out of Stanford as well. Um, they have Deshaun Jackson. They still have Nelson Aguilar, who is a great talent in my opinion. Um,
1: Luch Chief alum, baby. Shout out Luch Chiefs.
0: They have one of my favorite players in the NFL. I, was, I mean, I wasn't going to go here, but now that I'm already started, I'm going to keep going here. Um, a couple, I don't know, was it a week ago or so? I was... I was going through, someone mentioned, oh, Eagles were playing preseason, and Greg Ward Jr. made a phenomenal catch and grab, stayed on his feet, and scored. And I was like, I know Greg Ward Jr. And I wanted to make sure I was remembering the right guy. He was the former Houston quarterback that led, when the Houston was rocking with Tom Herman, he was the one driving the train. Um, he beat Florida State in a Peach Bowl. Yes, correct. My last game as an State, equipment manager, beat Florida State into Peach Bowl. The year before, they beat Oklahoma. Um, I'm not entirely sure in which bowl, um, but I went back, and he's now a quarterback, now a converted receiver. And I went back, and I compared him to a former college football great quarterback, gone received now Hall of Fame. Is eh, I think I don't know if he's Hall of Fame, but pro.
1: Not, not pro. No, 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 not, not football pro. He was no, a Super uh, Bowl MVP.
0: Super Bowl MVP, Antoine randall L, who played for the Steelers, who was a converted um, receiver, or quarterback to receiver. And the dude's measurables are literally identical. So not only are the Eagles great at identifying top talent, their depth is phenomenal. And that's why depth kills. You know, that's why... That's why the Patriots are so good sometimes because it doesn't matter who they have in. It's just plug and play, plug and play, plug and play, plug and play. Look at Bama. Look at Clemson. Plug and play, plug and play, plug and play. So this offense, I mean, we might be looking at two of the best teams in the NFL between the Eagles and the Cowboys.
1: I'm I'm right there with you. I think, I think every team in the NFC especially— As we get to these, I think the top teams are set for a slight regression. I think the Rams are going to have a little come down. I don't know why. I just have – I just – I haven't been – I've never been, like, high on the Rams despite me picking them to beat both the Cowboys and the Saints last year in the playoffs. I just – I don't know. I just don't trust Goff in the playoffs yet. Uh, Saints, I think they'll take a step back. I don't know who the the Saints played in the playoffs last year. And the, the
0: they lost to the Rams.
1: No, who they beat? Who they beat in the conference championship game? Barely. Oh, it's gonna bother me so much.
0: Oh no, I'll look it up.
1: But I can't even go through until you tell me who they played because it's gonna—it's literally gonna bother me so much. Who won the wild card? Eagles. No, the Eagles almost beat the. Yeah, the Eagles. The Eagles should have beat them if that tipped interception hasn't happened. Yes. It's so ironic that we're talking about the Eagles as it happens. Anyway, I think that <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, they beat them 20 to 14 and Ugh. then lost to the Rams 26-23.
1: Yeah. Back to the Eagles. The Eagles got better offensively. They got better. And you know, I, you you won't find a bigger Nick Foles fan than me, especially when it comes to putting, to, you know, putting a little dough and cash on the Eagles in the playoffs. But if Wentz is healthy, this guy was the MVP two years ago until he got hurt. That's the thing, though. Can he stay healthy? He has to stay healthy. And he has to, get, he has to continue. He has to do what made Foles so lovable in the locker room, which is take shots down, down the field and not just go to Zach Ertz a thousand times a game. Although, as a fantasy owner of Zach Ertz, I did not really mind it that much. But this isn't about fantasy yet. Um, this defense, though. This D-line, Jim Schwartz, my favorite defensive coordinator in in um, in um football. They still have Derek Barnett. Can Barn- I just read
0: you this too deep real quick? The like D-line,
1: that, it's yeah. I know, it's, it's unbelievable.
0: They got, just in the middle, they got Fletcher Cox. Behind him, they have Hassan Ridgway, who was a very solid player for the Colts. They have Malik Jackson next to him. And behind him, they got big Timmy Jernigan.
1: Mm-hmm. My boy. They
0: have Derek Barnett, first-round pick, pass rusher out of Tennessee from out of 2017. Behind him, Vinny Curry. Um, and then on the other side, they have Brandon Graham, all-pro player. And behind him, former five-star pass rusher, Josh Sweat, former FSU.
1: Which is that... That's that,
0: eight. That too deep is unreal.
1: That is why... I'm such a fan of the Eagles building cuz think about what they just they their depth is in the trenches. That is where everything is won. And Jim Schwartz wants to get after you with 4. And then he'll mix in a he'll mix in a linebacker safety blitz. But if you can create pressure with 4, you're going to be your defense is going to be successful. That's one of the main ways. That's the easiest way to build a great defense. Championship defense is that. Their linebackers are not the best, but Nigel Bradham has been v- He's been a consistent player, and he's been a mainstay in some of the best defenses in the NFL for, for most of his career. Especially going back to Buffalo, um, the secondary is always their biggest their biggest weakness on defense. But Ronald Darby's healthy this year, and they still have two of the best safeties, two of the best safety, one of the best safety pairings in the NFL. And Malcolm Jenkins, and Ronnie McLeod. So it's all about generating pressure up front. And the thing is that they can their t- pass rushing packages are. Just beautiful. It wouldn't surprise me if they sometimes just go five down defensive linemen and say, "Can you beat us one on one with your blocking?" And if you don't, you're gonna have to keep a running back in or a tight end and in check and stuff like that, which which limits your pass game just a little bit and takes some relief off this off the uh, their secondary. So, I mean, like I said, Jim Schwartz, my favorite guy in the favorite play, play caller, um, fantasy purposes. I find myself not really drafting any of the Eagles pass catchers, and and completely avoiding them. I don't know. I feel bad avoiding Zach Ertz because I've been his probably his biggest fantasy guy for the past four years. I've drafted him in every single league, but there's t- there's target competition. And running back wise, I'm drafting Miles. Sa- I draft Miles Sanders in like rounds f- six or seven. I'm comfortable with that. Uh, Alshon, we'll see. Deshaun Jackson's a guy who's there, who's worth a flyer in like the thirteenth round because you're going to be using him for plug and play. And say someone's on a bye week and you throw Deshaun Jackson in, there's at least a chance he gets a 75 yard touchdown and that's 13 points right there. So that's about the fan. And Carson Wentz is the top, is the up tier two, tier three quarterback. I wish we still had that. Wish we didn't lose the audio of the, of the quarterback tier thing.
0: Oh, um, I know that was awesome. That's yeah, that was that's really frustrating.
1: Yeah. Uh, but schedule-wise, the schedule's manageable, man. They start with Washington at home, Sunday night game at Atlanta, which is always a great game. Host Detroit, Thursday night game at the Green Bay. Oh man,
0: that's awesome.
1: That is awesome. Then they go host the Jets, at Minnesota, at Dallas, at Buffalo. That's Murderer's Row right there. Mm-hmm. Host Chicago, host New England, host Seattle, at Miami. Host the Giants at Washington. Host Dallas at New York. That's a tougher schedule than Dallas. I would agree. They're
0: that over that middle. Uh, that middle section where they got to go Eagles, Jets, Vikings, Cowboys, Bills, Bears, Patriots, Seahawks. That one, two, three, four, five, six. That's seven, eight week slate is brutal
1: Mm mm-hmm they're over under is 10 wins they are the favorites to win the division they are one of the favorites to they're probably the second or third favorite to come out of the nfc where do you see them hit do you see them hitting or going on over under that 10 win threshold
0: i'd say they push
1: they push so you think that dallas wins the division
0: I would say after looking at the schedule Dallas wins the division Eagles wild card.
1: And I would consider that I would honestly consider Philadelphia the bigger playoff threat though.
0: Yes. Oh Cause, entirely.
1: Cuz they can win anywhere. They showed that last year going to Chicago, almost going to New Orleans and winning and there's just it's just a lot, you know, you just want to be the Eagles have a great locker room. They just have a great owner, they have a great front office a great coaching staff, all of these things and you know, I we're a week away from Super Bowl predictions, but the Eagles and the Cowboys are one and two in my NFC thoughts right now, and in, in, in some order Um, but yeah, schedule wise, I think this is a stay away, although honestly, it wouldn't shock me if the Eagles just steamrolled everyone just ran through everyone, and I don't mean to circle back to Dallas real quick, but week um, they play at Chicago week fourteen. You were talking about that game. If you're gonna draft Dak, look at the week four week fourteen schedule, and then go draft a Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray because you're not gonna want to start him first week of the of the, of the playoffs. Um,
0: I just looked up uh, Super Bowl odds. Um, the Eagles are tied the top 2 teams are the chiefs and the patriots at about 6 to 1 odds um and then the eagles are tied with the saints the rams and the bears at 12 to 1 odds cowboys have are in the next tier of odds at 18 to 1 and they're with the chargers and the browns
1: what? dude i'm looking at the chargers win odds they have it at 10
0: i'm going heavy under i'm going he- dude wh-
1: I just there's something there's something uh, or something off about the Chargers. It's the Gordon it's the Gordon stuff. Derwin James being out, although their secondary is strong. So you know, maybe we're maybe we're the only people under overrating the Derwin James injury, even though that comes full circle because we weren't because we love Derwin but we we didn't think that he would be a fit for certain teams, but the Chargers fell into the perfect situation. So it's weird how all of a sudden they're. I'm not hearing a lot of people say, you know, hey, maybe this team, um, maybe this team's going to take a significant step back with a more difficult schedule and a terrible offensive line. We're not this in the this in the Charge podcast. Sorry, uh, Eagles. So yeah, I think the push is in pl- I think the push is safe because I mean it, it's tough. Even they're at, at Falcons, that's not a guaranteed win. At Green Bay, that's tough. The Lions and Jets are going to be difficult games. I, th- I think I think I think the Jets could surprise people. I'm, I've come around that conclusion. The Vikings—that's a tough face to play. Dallas, you know, that's going to be that. I mean, that's this, this is just a very difficult stretch, and I think the push is the safe play with you. This, this is a stay away odds for me. Um, but Noah, do you have any closing thoughts on the Eagles before we move on to the lesser to the to the to, teams
0: to to such a lower tier of quality? Te- no, I I got nothing. I'm just like, I'm excited for these Cowboys-Eagles games.
1: Yes. We get one in week seven, and we get one in week 16. Uh, so let's move to a slightly more depressing team to talk about, and that's the Washington Redskins, who are starting Case Keenum at quarterback. They're trying to trade their number one receiver in Josh Doxson. Jordan Reed suffered another concussion in a preseason game when I don't know why he's even playing in the preseason game. Their superstar left tackle refuses to play for them. They're starting Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis at running and they're starting Adrian Peterson at running back. Uh yeah, this is this I don't even know. This is this is a very upsetting situation for a team that we were both very high on just last season. Because they were doing really well with Alex Smith, their defense was making a lot of plays, and then everything fell apart. They have a terrible, terrible injury luck up there in Washington. Probably has something to do with their name.
0: Trent Williams um, has gone on record saying he does not trust that training staff. That's nope. why he won't. That's why he won't go plays because he does not trust the training staff with those injuries. And when you look at the history of injuries that the Washington Redskins have, I mean. Particularly uh, with Jordan Reed, one of the more talented tight ends, robbed robbed his career has been robbed of injuries. It'd be we would talk about Jordan Reed in the same light that we talk about um, Travis Kelsey, and um, I think he would be a solid one tier. But he could also have the potential to be in the same tier as Gronk and Kelsey in terms of fantasy play at some point if he would have stayed healthy.
1: Yeah, this is the same. This is the same health staff that. Trotted out RG3 on one knee, and I'm not going to say ruined his career, but, I mean, because RG3 to Jeopardized it. Yes. Largely. And, and it's ironic that RG3 outlasted Andrew Luck, which is very crazy to think about. But um, this team's starting Eric Flowers at left guard. That's all you need to say about the state of this offense. That's all you need to say. And their best receiver is probably going to be Trey Quinn out of the slot. This is all. None of this matters. The only thing that can save this season is th- throwing Dwayne Haskins in in a couple a couple games in and seeing what Darius guys can do when he's when he's fully healthy. That's the only thing that I can see making this team slightly watchable. This team will be the worst team in the NFC, and I'm very comfortable saying that. Uh, I mean, I don't know where to ask questions. What do you wh- – when – I'm going to read you the beginning part of their schedule. I want you to tell me to stop when you think that Dwayne Haskins should be the starter. It, you don't think it, he should start the season as a starter, correct?
0: No, I would never throw a rookie like Dwayne Haskins into the fire like that.
1: Yeah, with that supporting cast. I agree. So they go at Philly, host Dallas, host Chicago – At the Giants, right there. That's where I would do it personally, because then you have home game New England at Miami, San Francisco at Minnesota at Buffalo, bye week.
0: I hate to say this, who knows? Especially, I mean, I'm not especially with this training staff. Who knows if Case Keenum's gonna make it through those first three games?
1: Dude, they have probably the that's the the toughest stretch of three games you could possibly have at Philly, then Dallas, Chicago.
0: In terms of defenses, physicality, just being purely outmatched, dude, uh, Redskins are going to be...
1: They got unlucky with the late bye, and I don't think they're going to throw him in on a short week, but I just want, I think it'd be awesome to see him at the Giants, who we're going to talk to in a a second, and maybe Daniel Jones is playing by that, probably not, I mean, let's be honest, he's not going to be playing by then. Um, I think that'd just be cool, just, just be like, hey, Dwayne, you know, your first game is at the team you wanted to go to, in your hometown, all of these things, um, but yeah, when I when did, maybe at maybe after they play New England, it's at Miami or maybe it's hosting San Francisco because their bye week isn't till week ten, and then they go at, host New York, host Detroit, at Carolina, at Green Bay, host Philly, host Giants, at Dallas. So, are you wanting to throw him into the fire at you know like week four, week five, or are you thinking it'd be best for him to wait until after week nine, get a bye week, and then play the Jets and Lions at home.
0: I would be, if I'm the Redskins, I'm probably going either at when they go on the road to play the Giants or when they go on the road to play the Finns two weeks later. Because that Finns, Niners, Vikings, Bills, Jets, Lions stretch is not as daunting. Mm. As daunting. Yeah. So uh. that's probably where I would throw him in at. Um, but it's tough, man. Because that... I'm not a huge... I. Just not a big. I mean, we were big on the Washington train last year until literally their offensive line fell apart. Um,
1: and then Alex Smith on um, had that awful injury, which China which kind of changed the course of their franchise. It really did because this team was in vet. They traded for Ha Ha Clinton Dix, and then after this end of week sixteen, they cut D J Swearinger. Then they let him they let Haha Clinton go. Haha Clinton Dick signs a very cheap deal in Chicago. They make Landon Collins the highest paid safety in the NFL. Josh Norman's still a high paid D, um, DB. Their defensive line is nice. They draft Montez Sweat, a character red flag guy who turned his who had some early troubles at Mississippi State, but he's an immense talent. Um, Ryan Kerrigan's still there. So their defense is gonna Jonathan Allen, Der- Deron Payne, their defense is gonna be good.
0: They They have have a great safety tandem.
1: Yes, Monte Nicholson and Landon Collins. It's going to be an interesting defense, but this offense is going to be among the worst in the NFL. There's there's not really a path forward for them. They signed Donald Penn. So is Donald Penn going to be the new left tackle over Trent Williams?
0: This this team feels it's going to have the same feel as the Blake Bortles Jacksonville teams have had going to play solid defense, might put them into a decent position, but eventually that defense is just going to get worn down from playing on short fields and going to get worn down um, from teams just always having the ball and the defense always being on the field, that eventually towards the end of the season, they're just not going to be able to stay on the field. That That's how I see it going.
1: What? Because like, cause I feel like everything about this Relies is this whole season's predicated on uh, Dwayne Haskins showing something. What are you looking for from Dwayne Haskins in the 2019 season, if and poss, not if and possibly if and when this is his team, unless the Redskins jump out to a three and zero start, beat those three teams, and all of a sudden Case Keenum looks like he's a world beater back in Minnesota.
0: I guess my expectations for Dwayne Haskins are just be. When you get your time to shine, just do as you did at Ohio State. Take command of the offense. Um, Go play by play. Don't try to force anything too much. Um, I've been really impressed with him in the preseason with looking how he stands in the pocket, makes a throw. His height and his – he kind of has – I could be wrong, but he kind of has that Big Ben type statue, you know, kind of – Taller, not easily knocked down, not really gonna blow you away like Stephen A. Smith with a uh, with his forty time, um, but I, I just make it look clean, you know. Don't be making stu- don't have a Nathan Peterman game, you know. I think I think him as soon as I think as soon as Haskins start playing, I would love to have Terry McLaurin the former Ohio State receiver, like, just stashed as, like, an emergency bi-week receiver to have, Cause especially in a PPR, because I think that's going to be a safety net. It's going to be him and Trey Quinn.
1: Mm-hmm. Middle of the field. That's why – that's what I was about to bring up is that I like the Terry McClellan because and, – and you listened to it. You, yeah, you sent me an interview that he was giving, and you could just see how intelligent Terry was. And those are the type of guys that you want in your building. You have a Terry and Trey, and yes, they're not the biggest recruits, not the the most high draft. They're not they're not draft like you know big prospects, both literally and phys- figuratively. But they understand. They understand how getting open, all that stuff. Paul Richardson is really, he's kind of an un- yeah. He's not a guy who can lead your team, but in catches, he may have to this year. But he's still a deep threat, and he makes these crazy catches all the time. But I'm the I'm not gonna watch a lick of the Washington game, only because I'm gonna watch because they're playing great teams. But I mean, I'm excited to see Haskins, see what he can do. Their schedule, we we just went through it. Their over under win total is six. Noah, Ooh, really? They, they have the, They're a half game behind the Bucks, and they're only above the Dolphins and Cardinals in terms of win totals. Are you, do you think that this team can get to six wins?
0: But I don't the, think I, so.
1: I feel like the better question is, what is, is there any positives that would come out of this team getting the this, getting this six wins? Unless it's Dwayne Haskins being amazing.
0: Unless it's Dwayne Haskins, end of the season carrying you to victories, because like if you have your rookie quarterback leading you to wins, you don't care about draft position at that point. You care about the development of the confidence of your rookie quarterback, mm-hmm. and it would be the like I like the first time in a long time that an Ohio State quarterback would succeed in the NFL. Not saying that it doesn't matter what quarterback, what school you come from, but. Haskins was different than any other quarterback that's played at Ohio State in the past ten years, ten fifteen years, I'd say. Mhm. So, we'll see, and he broke records.
1: Yeah, one of the so, b- best passers in Big Ten history. Uh, so,
0: with that being said, I if you're, I don't think they're going to get to six wins. This is more like a four and twelve team to me. Um because eventually that defense is gonna get ran down they play two t- they play in uh, having to play the, the teams that they gotta play especially Cowboys and Eagles twice the way that this training staff deals with their injuries I don't really see this as a six game uh, six win team but if Haskins leads you to six wins you are ecstatic
1: mm-hmm um Yeah, I would definitely take the under with this. Uh, Very quickly, a very quick side note that Ian uh, Rappaport just just quote tweeted is, Oakley has been named an official on-field partner and licensee of the National Football League, which is one step closer to the beautiful dark and smoke and orange visors that we grew up watching all the time. So hopefully that Oakley does the next thing. But I feel like that's a great way to end the Redskins conversation because I don't really pl- want to talk a lot of Redskins because this is the worst-run organization I'm totally in over
0: it. I'm totally over it.
1: Worst owner, worst organization, worst everything. So let's talk about the New York Giants instead. That's a, that's a good, good segue. Um, I feel like you cannot... Start a conversation with the Giants without discussing the Eli Manning, Daniel Jones conundrum, because you look at one side of the equation, you look at the ownership in the in the general in the front office. They seem hell bent on Eli starting this year. And beyond, and then you watch Danny Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, a player that we both criticized. Now, I I considered. I'm trying to think looking back. See if uh, let, you me, remember. let me let me
0: put it this way. I didn't criticize Daniel Jones. I criticized taking him in the top 10.
1: Yes, t- number 6. Um, but Danny Dimes is 25 of 30 for 371 and two touchdowns with an 83.3 completion percentage and most importantly, Noah, a 12.4 yards per attempt. He looks comfortable. He looks like a sh- he looks like Eli Manning. If Eli Manning had a strong arm, and I don't think Eli ever really had like a very strong arm, I just think that Daniel Jones has had a. Uh, um. I th- I think that, I mean I didn't watch Duke. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't like. To me, Daniel Jones was like my Josh Allen of the year before. Where, I don't. I haven't watched him enough to form a strong enough opinion. But I feel like this value pick could have been done in the 16th, and it could have been later on. But you get your franchise quarterback no matter how you get him. It's it's good. That's what that's that's what you're looking for. And Dexter Lawrence, the guy they drafted with their middle their middle round, mid first round pick, said uh comment on Daniel Jones, who's his roommate right now, and said he knows who he is, he knows how hard he works, where he came from, I know who he is just being around him for these couple months. We've grown close and there's a lot more respect than that. And you li- and you read the tea leaves of the press conferences with Pat Shermer, and Pat Shermer saying the front, so you can see him hinting the front office wants me to play Eli. The front office is hellbent on Eli. Not, not legit quotes. What do you make of all of this Daniel Jones versus Eli Manning stuff, and in and, and a comparison to what we just talked about with Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins, would you be ready to toss aside Eli Manning and just say, hey, Daniel Jones, here you go. Would, would this preseason give you enough without Saquon, without Sterling Shepard, and say, hey, Daniel Jones, you know what? You're ready for this.
0: Not week one, but if we see the Eli Manning that we got last year, it's not going to last more than three weeks, three, four weeks. Last year, Eli Manning was horrendous. He made the Giants unwatchable.
1: Even and with Saquon, your boy. Even
0: with Saquon, the Giants were unwatchable. I did not enjoy watching the Giants because I watched Eli Manning try to throw the ball, and I was like, dude, what are you doing? You get paid mm-hmm. millions of dollars to do that? Um, so if it's the same Eli Manning that we've been accustomed to, then I mean, great. But honestly, I feel like this kind of puts pressure on Eli Manning, and I feel like Eli's the type of guy that's going to step up and play a little bit better knowing that he has competition put playing behind him. Eli Manning's a great player under pressure.
1: Mm -hmm. He's a great player under pressure against the Patriots, even though he only scored like a total of thirty-five points in those two games. Um, Like I said
0: before, like I said before, Eli Manning. Every every team, every there's a purpose. Eli Manning's purpose um, in the NFL was to be the Achilles heel for the Patriots. Um, Blake Bortles purpose in the nfl was to dismantle the pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Mm-hmm. that was so funny those games are all i wish that man you always got to bring up the jaguars sorry Ah, oh, man all right we'll go to more we'll go to a better situation which honestly the giants have a pretty okay have a, a pretty okay offensive line I haven't had a, a scounce through the offensive line rankings because you know that the Philly, Philly and Dallas are top of the list. And then Washington's terrible. But the Giants actually have some players. Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, the second-year guard from UTEP, Joe, John um, Jalapio in the middle. They get Kevin Zeitler from the Browns, one of the best guards in the NFL. Mike Remmers is a decent tackle on the outside. That's not bad. And then the receiver talent... They don't have the deep threat, but in terms of having middle of the field and in and, and short to in to middle to intermediate routes, you know Golden Tate spent it for the first four games, but when he's back, fantasy sleeper. He's getting drafted like the tenth round, and he's just going to be a PPR monster later on in the season. Sterling Shepard, you know, he's really not that bad. He's a he's a fun receiver to watch from Oklahoma, and you have Evan Ingram, old Miss tight end, who has yet to have the target share. And step up to match his talent. And of course you have Saquon Barkley. I think this team could be a little better. Not a little better, but even with the Odell loss, my expectations for the Giants are actually higher than I think they would be personally. How do you feel about this offense as a whole? The talent around Daniel Jones and Eli Manning.
0: I I hate always being on the same page as you, but I'm on the same page. Um, The offensive line, Will Hernandez was one of the I wanted, he was one of the better guards to come out. Obviously, Quentin Nelson was like five tiers above anyone. Um, but Will Hernandez was at the top of tier two in terms of guards coming out last year. They got former Super Bowl champ Nate Solder. So, I mean, personally, I'm excited to see what the, I think this offense is going to be watchable. I'm honestly rooting for Daniel Jones. Um, I'm open. Actually, he does well because, and I think he has the advantage. If Pat Shermer can get, let me ask you this: Is Daniel Jones more talent? What do you, Daniel Jones, Case Keenum? You take Daniel Jones or Case? Like, who do you tap more talented? Tough to I, say right now.
1: Daniel Jones has a de- has definitely has a, st- a better arm. Like I don't even doubt that. Like I'm watching his throw. I watch his throws. He has zip on the ball. He could throw the deep. He's done the deep ball exceptionally well. He's he looks comfortable in the pocket. He's throwing. He's getting hit in the face and making throws. I'm I'm really really impressed with Daniel Jones. I'm very much in just in the mindset like I want to. I don't maybe not week one. I want to see him playing week four against the Redskins after the Bucks. I want to see him there because then he goes Redskins Vikings at Patriots. Just, just let to see what he can do, but but there is a less than zero percent chance that he plays. On, and I think the first game he plays is after the bye week. The problem is is that their first game after the bye, their games after the bye week, go at Chicago, home against Green Bay, at Philly.
0: Let me ask you this: um, Last year, or two when they drafted Saquon. Instead of taking quarterback, everyone kind of ripped them. But then the outlook for the Giants in the future was, you can pretty much put any rookie quarterback or so around this running back, and he will make them better. How do you view the Daniel Jones Saquon pairing on offense? Like, how much do you mm. think Saquon makes Daniel Jones or makes this makes the quarterback play easier?
1: I think it. Yeah, you know how I feel about Saquon. You know how I feel about his running style. It's not my favorite. I'm. I'm. If he falls to my lap in fantasy, I'm. He's not my number one pick in fantasy. Even though that the offensive lines improved and there's and there's some there's a little bit of town around him, I just don't. I'm just not a fan of how Saquon of his of his consistent running style. For me to think it's. I don't know, man. They have. I want him to have a consistent running game, and Siquan's the guy looking for the home run. It's his first year, maybe he's going to not look for those holes, not do those, you know, dance in the backfield and stuff like that. And if, if he's not doing that, if, he just, if he's okay with getting the five-yard carry, four-yard carry, I think it's, it's a great pairing. Let me ask you this, to flip it on the other side. Would you rather have, if you're the Giants because I feel like the only way to I feel like the best way to answer this is to compare it cuz I liked I like the Daniel Jones Saquon pairing but hypothetically how would you like Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen and a Nick Chubb pairing? Or even a Philip Lindsay undrafted pairing and you get your second a high second round pick to use somewhere else too. How would you feel about that compared to Daniel Jones Saquon? I-
0: I like that idea on the basis that you don't, for contract purposes, you don't pay a rookie running back that much on a team that's not ready to win. Yeah. I even I even look at it. What if you would have went, um, got a Philip Lindsay, and then this year would have drafted like a Devin Singletary?
1: Mm-hmm. I think if we should say Philip Lindsay is that. All 32 teams passed on him for seven rounds, for 253, 253, 252 picks. So, hindsight's 2020. 20 great there, but it's just the fact that we're just, I'm just, we're just hitting the point home again. You could have got this running back elsewhere, and that's the problem with the Gutelman draft. Is that he's, as Evan Silva like say, he's a cocoon keeper. He doesn't like the anyone. He's like the he doesn't use any any analytics in his picks. He drafts a running back. In the top eight for two straight years in McCaffrey and Carolina, and yes, McCaffrey's amazing, and yes, Saquon's amazing, and and but you draft Saquon in the second as your second player overall, and he like you said he ties up your cap space, and then you, the next following season, this past draft, twenty nineteen, you draft a quarterback six overall, that isn't necessarily you could have got him at sixteen. And then in your 16th overall pick, you draft Dexter Lawrence, who is a nose tackle, and you let the best nose tackle in the NFL go last season in Damon Harrison. So that's where the criticism comes in with this team, and it's warranted because they haven't they haven't been building right, and David Goodman has been doing a great it's, job it's of doing it. It's
0: two steps back, one step forward.
1: Yes, but, the, but if Daniel Jones hits, none, none of it matters. None of it matters. And their defense— has unproven talent all over it. They draft DeAndre Baker out of Georgia, right? Yes, sir. They trade for – to get Jabril Preppers in the Odell trade. You have Lorenzo Carter, another Georgia boy, who has apparently been looking really good in camp. And, you know, there's some, there's some places to like on this defense. I just don't think they're going to be – I just don't think they're going to be honestly good enough to help anything. But for once, I can say – i'm excited to watch the giants when when daniel jones is in there but as far as what this team can do fantasy wise i mean saquon is a top two pick in every single league sterling shepherd's a good mid-round pick evan ingram's one of the top five tight ends golden tate's a great late round stash so there is plenty of fantasy value in this team um so that's that's one positive about them but just like the redskins their over under win total is 6. Well, how do you see them? I look, hitting? They, I they look they, at their schedule. They literally have the same exact odds. The over is is plus 125, the under is mi- minus 145. So you're getting you're getting some odds to bet the over. But 7 wins for the giants that seems very 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 far fetched. I have the schedule right here. Um they go at Dallas, host Buffalo, at Tampa, host Washington, host the Vikings, at New England on a short week. So just put that uh, – oh, you never know. Eli destroys the Patriots. Um, they host Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, go to Detroit, host Dallas, at New York, the Jets, a bye week. So that's, a, that's a home game pretty much. At Chicago, host Green Bay, at Philly, host Miami, at Washington, host Philly. So there's team, four losses in the back. This end.
0: team this team at best is a five win team. Yeah. Between Redskins twice, Lions once, Cardinals once, Bucks once, and then either Jets or Bills. They would have to win. If they won, if they beat the Jets and the Bills and beat the Bucks, they have a chance. But I don't see that happening.
1: Uh, yeah. So I mean I guess I guess what you're looking in the same light as the Washington situation. I guess what we're looking—the only thing we're really looking for in terms of expectations with the Giants—is James Betcher get that get his aggressive d- defensive style from Arizona, keep imp- implementing that with the young talent, the young speed on that defense, and when will we see Daniel Jones? That's pretty much the main thing with this. I feel like there's going to be quarterback controversy from the start. If they come out week one against Dallas and Eli looks like a shell of himself and he gets hit and this team looks terrible and he's a big reason why limiting their offense, you're going to see the New York media week two saying, hey, it's time. We're done. And then there's going to be a lot of pressure on the front office and and ownership. But who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. Um... So I think once again we're on the same page with with this, with these, um, with this, with this division. Wouldn't it be funny that they draft a, uh, they draft like another archaic position? Like next year they draft a wide receiver in the tops and like pick five after trading Odell.
0: Oh my, that dude, that would just suck. It would
1: be, I mean, honestly, it would be entertaining. It'd be
0: fun. It would be fun. Like, fantasy purpose, if they did that, plus got, like, a lineman or two, it'd be fun. But, man, dude, like,
1: what a waste. Daniel Jones, Saquon, and Jerry Judy, that's a, that's a, um, uh, that's a Madden team right there for the future. That's a great Dynasty team, but, uh. I think we're on the same play. I think we're on the same plane here where we're going. Dallas is the division champion because of schedule. So Dallas, Philly, Giants, Washington. But Philly and Dallas are. Philly has a slight edge or on level terms in terms of playoff threat. Is that what we're settling on with this division?
0: I would say so. Dallas equals Giants skins. Eagles scarier in playoffs.
1: Okay. Um, Anything else to add about the NFC East?
0: No, I don't think so. Um, I'm really excited for Dallas and the Eagles. And after putting the Giants under a microscope for 20-ish minutes, 15, 20 minutes, I feel better about their future.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And that's honestly all because of Daniel Jones. You could have just had him later on. That's what the criticism is. If he's your it's, guy, it's pick get value, him later. But,
0: exact, but if he's your guy, you can't risk not getting your guy. And I understand mm-hmm. and I respect that. But it's not about just making sure that you get your guy. Look at the Patriots. It's about finessing and making the getting the best value. Because, yeah, you can pay, overpay at market price to guarantee what you want for sure. But to do that with Saquon and then to do that with Daniel Jones and then to take a defensive tackle um, at (laughs) the back end, it's just like, man, if you really wanted a D lineman, why didn't you take one at six? put some draft capital, try to move up to, like, 12, and then take Daniel Jones.
1: Dude, they could have had Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. That's
0: what I'm saying. Like, that, that's my only criticism is the amount of talent that you passed up in the top 10, and then just to take more D-line <laughs> talent when it was all there at six.
1: They could have had that's Ed
0: Oliver. They that's had, what I'm saying. They could have had the better. They could have had the better defensive tackle prospect. That's, that's my only criticism, and that's why I was shocked when I saw that Daniel Jones went top ten, only because of all the other talent. You are willing to take the best talent at an archaic position at running back the year before, but you're not willing to take a, 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 a top talent in a in a probably, in my opinion, going to be a historic defensive defensive draft class.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just frustrating.
1: <laughs> I have no idea why we saved the rants for the last two minutes of the podcast, but no, this this was this was a fun and great one, man. And you enjoy the rest of your day.
0: Oh, I will. Thank you.
1: And we'll have uh, we'll have another pod for you guys tomorrow. That's no humor. I'm Michael Duggar. We are the No Ordinary Pod team. Subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. We're figuring it out. I'm gonna have more we're actually having a little meeting, uh, not a meeting, we're going to talk, talk to our guy, White Mama shout out Kobe. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about, maybe wait till you guys with them, you'll be with them soon. Maybe we'll wait till then. We'll have he a gets here tomorrow.
0: With, yeah, it's pro night. What, very, very excited.
1: Yeah, we, we'll talk about the website because, you know, I'm taking the hard route and just doing my own thing and just going to start blogging pretty much every day or try to do it every single day with busyness and podcasting and writing. Just throw up with thoughts and just good pieces. So we're all going to have everything organized shortly just on a website, which will make it your job easier. It's a little more work for us, but we're willing to do that. Um, so just be on the lookout for everything we're doing. Thanks for checking us out and have a good one.